0: welcome to the ride with us podcast presented by the american coaster enthusiasts the world's largest ride enthusiast organization dedicated to the appreciation promotion and preservation of roller coasters around the globe so please keep your hands and feet inside the podcast at all times as we welcome in your
1: host hello enthusiasts it's your host Jessica Gardner how are you all doing this winter are you making it through okay Have you had a chance to attend any ACE or park-sponsored winter events in your area? They really help beat the winter blues, such as Winterfest, which our podcast correspondent, Bryant Yeager, had a chance to attend. And while he was there, he grabbed an in-person interview with Silver Dollar City's communications manager, Dalton Fisher, because we can't get enough news about fire in the hole. So that interview will be in the second part of this episode but first let's talk some ace official business did you know that 2024 is an election year not only for the united states but for ace as well the officer positions of ace president vice president treasurer and secretary are voted on this year by us, the members. So how does it work? Who can be nominated? How do you vote? Why do we vote? Have things changed since previous years? I know you all have questions, and so do I. And who better to have back on the podcast to break it all down with me than our ace president, Elizabeth Ringus? Elizabeth, how are you? Happy New Year. Happy
2: New Year, Jessica. It's so great to be back here again. Thanks for having me.
1: How's your winter been? Have you gotten to go to any parks or are you stuck in the cold? What's going on?
2: You know, it's cold in Virginia, but our parks still open. Last weekend was opening weekend for Busch Gardens Williamsburg. So on Friday, I was able to hop out there and experience Mardi Gras and see what they have going on. They were only closed for two and a half weeks, technically, the, for their off season. But it was right. still opening day.
1: <laughs> How was
2: Mardi Gras? It was really fun. I love the oyster po'boy and the decorations were fun. One of my favorite things was that they repurposed some of their Halloween decorations and the skeletons were dressed for the party. Oh. <laughs> what? Really?
1: <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Truthfully, are nine-foot-tall skeletons were dressed in full Mardi Gras wardrobe. And how's Loch Ness Monster looking? It's looking good. The track looks like it's complete and they're... Working away on it still, that bridge that connects the two sides of the park to be able to cut through the middle, if you've been to Bush Gardens Williamsburg, it's still closed for the construction, so we can't get close by, but we can definitely see that new
1: track that's gone in so exciting. I cannot wait. Oh, I'm sure you're so excited for that as well. Let's get to business. Okay. So, thank you so much for coming on and helping debunk some things and <laughs> demystify this process for for the new members as well as some people who've been around for a while who really would maybe just like a refresher or want to know what has changed. So, was I right? Those those four are the positions that are elected correct that is correct
2: that will be what's on the ballot to choose from and that people can nominate themselves or nominate someone else for starting this friday
1: and so why is it that we have an election in the first place why do why do we even have officers those who
2: established our bylaws years ago and built such a great foundation for us established us as a democracy it allows the members to decide how they want To be represented and the direction they want ACE to go in. So as elected officials, we always hope that you have choices to pick who you feel like is right to
1: represent you on the board and guide the direction of ACE. And how often are these elections? Is it every four years, every two years? It's every two years. Every two years.
2: Individuals can run a second time and hold office two times in a row. So for a max of four years, and then they step off the board as an elected official.
1: And then can they move to a different position or be nominated for a different position?
2: They can. And we have definitely had that happen, that some people have changed positions. Currently, we have Jeff Nemick as secretary, and he just finished four years as vice president.
1: Got it. So what is the nomination process like?
2: It's actually very simple.
1: It's an email. Someone would send an email
2: about themselves or another ACE member to nominations at aceonline.org and the nominating committee will then communicate and ensure that they understand what the role is and that they have had the roles and responsibilities in hand so they can review it and understand exactly the expectations and what the role involves. And then their name would appear on the ballot in June.
1: I want to get into that a little bit further, but is there somewhere on our website or somewhere that people can go to look and see what the responsibilities for each of these office are, or do they have to email to get that?
2: Right now, it's not posted yet, but okay. by hopefully the end of the week weekend, As soon as our volunteer gets to it the roles and responsibilities for all four positions will be on the elections page which is at ridewithace.com backslash election 2024.
1: and when can they start doing this nomination process
2: friday february 2nd
1: friday february 2nd and that goes until when
2: it runs through march 31st that nominations are accepted
1: all right, and then what happens? And then the
2: nominating committee will reach out to all those that are nominated and have them write up a small paragraph information about themselves that will be shared with all the membership to help them to learn about the candidates. And the next phase to learn about the candidates happens during CoasterCon. Ballots will have already gone out, but We encourage you, wait until CoasterCon happens so you can hear in person more from all the candidates. And during that, um, right after the business meeting, we have a candidate forum and Q&A is allowed and asking more questions and learning about the individuals. And they'll speak a little bit about themselves too. This will all be recorded and put out in an email to our membership as soon as the YouTube team can upload it. And then anybody, even if you're not attending CoasterCon, can watch the candidate forum, learn more about the candidates, and then cast your vote via the email that you'll receive
1: on um, right about mid-June. So how many candidates can there be like per office? Is it just as many as get nominated? Or how does that work?
2: It is absolutely unlimited how many candidates oh, wow. there can be.
1: And then everybody just votes from all of that list of nominees? It doesn't get whittled down to like a top two or anything? Correct. Oh, wow. Okay. Good to know. And then how do people vote?
2: So you will receive an email ballot that will go to the email address that all of your ACE emails go to. So wherever your biweekly email blast goes to or the ace news email blast goes to that email address will receive your election ballot and it goes to the primary person if you have a family membership the primary person on the membership will receive a ballot and new this year is that family memberships will be able to designate who receives their second ballot. So they'll need to log into their profile and they're gonna be receiving an email here shortly on exactly how to set this up in their profile. It's a super easy process, but we're gonna have step-by-step directions with images to guide it to designate who the second ballot goes to. Now, if they don't designate it, both ballots go to the primary member on a family membership. For a couple or an individual, each person will receive the ballot. But if you are a couple membership, and you haven't entered a separate email address for the second member on it, we encourage you go in and enter that second email. So you each get your own ballot and can sit down and cast your vote as your own membership. And it's your right as a member to be able to cast your vote and make your own choices.
1: I'm sure people are hearing now uh, that they'll be voting by email, and maybe they're worried that they're not going to get that email. Is there a way to ensure that their correct email address is updated to receive the ballots?
2: They can log on to RideWithAce.com and sign in, just like if they're gonna read ACE News or register for a national event. And at the top, right next to where they click that sign in, click on My Profile, and you're gonna be able to see all your information right there as it's entered in the ACE website.
1: Super important. And then uh, there was a past episode that we did with Jess Nemec, where she said if for whatever reason that uh, those emails go to your junk folder, there are different things that you can do per for those emails. So if you're not if you're someone who if you haven't seen an Ace newsletter in a while, um, you might want to check and make sure that those emails aren't going to your spam folder. Um, she re- gave really good advice on that, and I believe that if you do have issues, uh, there is an email that you can reach out to just to make sure um, that you're getting the emails and so that you don't miss anything. I believe that there is an email address that you can reach out to to make sure. Is that right, Elizabeth?
2: Yes. If you have any trouble getting logged into your ACE site or if you get in and can't get it updated, you can email management at aceonline.org and it'll get taken care of.
1: Perfect. Love it. That is so helpful. So, Elizabeth, why do you think that it's important for members to vote? Like, why, why is this something that they should take time out of their lives to do?
2: Our club is important to us. And we are passionate. We love our club. And so by voting, you ensure that you are making a mark in the legacy of ACE, that it goes in the direction that you want it to go.
1: I agree with you 100%. I think that it's important if you want your voice to be heard, voting is the number one way to do it. Yeah, if you care about our club, which you don't, you do if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> so we hope that you will all vote. Um, you said something about family memberships and couples memberships. So can you clarify, does each membership type get the same number of votes? It does not. A So an individual
2: membership gets one vote. You're one member you get one vote a couple membership gets two votes two people two votes a family membership also gets two votes and corporate members get one vote so if it's oh. a park or a manufacturer or anyone related in the industry that's a member they also get one vote
1: Thank you for clearing that up. In terms of learning about the candidates, you were saying that an email will go out and then will also they will also have a chance to speak at CoasterCon if they want to. But will any of them be doing any will any of the candidates be doing things on like social media that we should be paying attention to?
2: We haven't done that in the past. We have really stayed with the two platforms, the platform and the forum, and then the recording of the Forum afterwards has really been our path that we've been on. And that having that system allows it to be consistent across all of the candidates, no matter what.
1: For sure. So I just wanted to clarify, if you're someone who's not into social media, you're not going to miss anything because you had to go to the Facebook page or something like that, right? Nope,
2: not at all. You're going to get everything that everyone else does.
1: Great. Good to know. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the election platforms, like a little bit more about like what actually happens um, during CoasterCon? Like what is it that people, what do they say? What do they talk about? What can we expect?
2: So in the past, candidates have talked about their why. Why do they want to be a candidate? What inspired them? And then answer questions from the membership. It's an open forum that a few questions are asked to each candidate based on time. We to try to be very conscious of time. It is all of our coaster con and all of our vacation. So we don't want to be in there for hours answering <laughs> questions. But if anyone has questions afterwards, I'm sure that they can follow up with at questions at aceonline.org, which is an email address that, Any member who ever has a question can reach out with. If they can't find something, they don't know how to join Discord, any question, they don't know how to print the temporary membership card, they can reach out to questions at aceonline.org and get an answer. So
1: will you be there at CoasterCon? Are you going to be running again? Are you allowed to say right now?
2: That's my plan. Okay. So, but either way, I just look forward to seeing everyone at CoasterCon. It looks like it's going to be so much fun. I can't wait to get back to Northern California and bring everybody together. Business meeting, there'll be a lot happening, but um, it is an exciting year when we have the election forum after um, the business meeting. It makes for a very immersive time for ACE. And, you know, that's what CoasterCon is. It's Coaster Conference. It is our time that we bring us all together to do the business of a club because we are a 501c3. We are, we are incorporated. We're a business. While we love what we do and it's all volunteer, it means that we still have standards and that conference is required in our bylaws each year.
1: What would you say to someone who was thinking that they might be interested in, in running? Um, what would you want them to know?
2: I would say that it's fun. It's fun. And it is very fulfilling, but it's not always easy. And that's, I think, what is the most important. And you learn a lot really fast. Come into it ready for it to be a wild ride. The first time I sat down at an executive committee meeting um, six years ago, I honestly sat there completely overwhelmed. And we really work hard to help there be more of an orientation and expectations of what it will be like. But there's a lot of business that happens in those two days because we are normally all remote. When we come together for those two days of executive committee meeting, they're intense. It's 15 hours of work while we break for lunch and we try to have a little bit of fun and some social time to build our relationships and build trust and everything to make us a team. It's, it's a lot of work. And we go in with a mission and hopefully some goals of what we want to achieve in the two years. We certainly did this, um, two year term. We went in with strong goals. So that's what to remember, but read the roles and responsibilities and think if it's right for you now, or if you would like to, Join a committee or, or become a coordinator or a manager if you're not yet in that area and learn more about it. That's what I'll say is I learned in that first meeting is I learned a lot really fast. While I've been a regional rep, there was so much I didn't know about ACE and I was really in awe. I think that's what I took away from that first meeting is that this is a lot and it's not fun and games. While it is, this is business. And that's what's happening around that table is business.
1: What are you most proud of since you became president?
2: For me, I'm a process person. So I am fulfilled by bringing cleaner understanding. And that's what I hope the members feel in the last 18 months is that some of our processes and just some of the questions we've asked a lot, some of the questions we're asking haven't been able to filter down yet, and we haven't found the right path. But asking, what's the entry point for volunteers? I think the onboarding of our volunteers I think that would be my number one most proud because for me, I want everyone to have the opportunity to leave their legacy in ACE, but it's also really important to me that we build a strong foundation of volunteers and have more people running for office, more people that want to be a director, that we are expanding the volume of of people interested and looking and wanting that, not who can do it, but who will do it and who will do it great. That's what we wanna develop. And that's what a lot of us have worked really diligently at is having a stronger entry point for volunteers and helping them to find the right role and really give to ACE where they can be passionate and make a difference.
1: What would you like to accomplish if elected for a second term? What do I want to do?
2: I think it's about a second term for me would mean ensuring that the pieces that we've begun to put in place are there solidly to carry on and make sure that they have a firm foundation and Just like building a house, we've started the foundation, but it's not quite dry. Having two more years, we would make sure that those foundations were firmly in place and be able to take them to the next level. You know, we may have introduced them, but getting that chance to take them to the second generation of ideas or the third generation and help them keep evolving would be where I would find the most fulfillment in a second term.
1: So after voting, election results are available on all ACE media shortly after the election closes, which is I believe July 15th, right? So coaster cons in June, and then we get all of that time after a couple of weeks uh, to vote until July 15th. Is that right?
2: That's correct. ballots have to be submitted by July 15th and then the nominating committee works with Vote now, which is the service we use for voting and processes everything talks to the candidates to let them know if they have won the election or if they weren't elected. I believe it's August 15th. The results are officially announced to ACE and the public through social media and email.
1: And then the officer's new term? Begins on September 15th. Great. So if anyone has any further questions or comments about this process, please feel free to contact the ace nominating committee. They are nominations at aceonline.org. That's nomination with an S, nominations aceonline at aceonline.org. Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining me today and breaking all that down for us.
2: Happy to be here, Jessica, and always happy that's what I'll say to anybody considering or that's just curious. Email me anytime at president at aceonline.org. I am happy to answer any questions someone may have. If they're thinking about running for president, vice president, treasurer, secretary, or if they want to be considered for one of the director positions, even if I'm not elected, I will be passing on names of those interested for the director positions on the Executive committee for the new president to consider who the right candidates are in the fall.
1: Amazing. That's wonderful. So reach out to Elizabeth with any of those questions or concerns, and she would answer that as well. President at aceonline.org. And now, as promised, here is Bryant Yeager's interview with Silver Dollar City.
3: This is Bryant Yeager, correspondent with the Ace Ride With Us podcast, and we've made our way to San Antonio, Texas for Winterfest 2024, which is an Ace South Central event. And we have all kinds of parks here presenting. And one of the parks that came is a little bit outside of the region, but it is Silver Dollar City. And with us today is Dalton Fisher, the communications manager at Silver Dollar City. How are you doing, Dalton? Hey, good to be here. Happy to be here. Beautiful day. So I'm excited to sit down with you, of course, because you all have something that I feel like is just kind of an insane project and is going to just be really awesome for y'all but before we jump into that I met you briefly when Ace did Spring Con and I know you've kind of been in and out of Silver Dollar City but how did you kind of end up where you're at today?
0: Yeah, that would have been in 2018 when we opened Time Traveler, so that was before Ride to Happiness. So, at that point, the world's fastest, steepest, tallest spinning coaster, and so we went all out that year. We hosted uh, the Ace Spring Con, Golden Ticket Awards was at Silver Dollar City that year. It was just a crazy year. Um, but I had worked there the year before as an intern, and they decided to keep me in 2018, so that's when I was full-time. Uh, I've been back since April of uh, 2023, um, I actually left the park around August of 2020, so I did some interesting things between there is it like a web startup thing and then um, I was working for my fraternity actually I was at the international headquarters in Indianapolis so that was a really awesome experience now I'm back uh, kind of around where I, I grew up back at home at least where I grew up vacationing um, so this year is going to be a, a very interesting year a very fun year a huge year and we're opening the new fire in the hole and um, so it's a 30 million dollar construction project to essentially recreate fire in the hole so I said earlier today in my presentation If you're at Winterfest, you would have heard this um, that we are doing as much as we possibly can to move all of the Old items from the original fire in the hole to the new one. So there will be new items. Absolutely It'll be a refresh Um, but you know to be honest refresh isn't even really a good word to describe it It is a recreation and it's not I mean it's really bringing the ride into the 21st century it had you know been a 51 year old ride that had over 25 million people on it it predated space mountain i know there's a debate of whether it's not a roller coaster or not maybe this (laughs) is the wrong podcast to talk about that but um it still has the same three drops in the same order Um, it still has many of the same scenes and when i say scenes same scenes it's built from the ground up so that's special for us Um, even what's really cool is the new pumpers that you ride in still have the step down release to open the restraints just like the old one so it's just that mechanical sound that you hear the foot stepping on it it's a beautiful brass pedal just little things like that that still pay homage um, to the old coaster but now we can load one train while we unload another and do simultaneous uh, dispatches with that. And and that's fun.
3: Yeah. So, you know, you've started touching on fire in the hole. And it seems like such an extensive project to to bring to fruition. When did the planning begin Hmm. and how how did silver dollar city determine hey we're gonna we're gonna kind of reconceptualize and recreate this ride modernize it and then how did y'all end up going with uh rocky mountain construction for the quote-unquote ride portion it's really a
0: multifaceted answer Uh, so silver dollar city has a master plan and we're looking 10 years in the future and obviously you know you don't know 10 years out we're going to rebuild fire in the hole and rmc is going to do it and it's going to go in this location but we know in that 10 years these are things we need to look at that might be already extant in the park somewhere. Um, we know we have new opportunities like Outlaw Run or Time Traveler. Uh, Mystic River Falls is a good example where we had uh, Lost River of the Ozarks that was really kind of at the end of its life. Mm-hmm. And we needed to either go one route of, you know, do you put all the money, time, and effort to refurbish a ride? And is that even realistic? Or what is the price comparison to doing something like Mystic River Falls where we can put in a brand new barbecue restaurant, where we can have currents and rivers and streams flowing around? that barbecue restaurant we can put in this massive lift we can get a world record out of it um, those are the things that we look at so with fire in the hole and going with RMC you know think all the way back to Outlaw Run you know they wanted to go on that journey with us to do the world's first three inversion wooden roller coaster um, it's still there at that ride is Over 10 years old now. It's still wild and it's still wild. I love that ride. It's one of my favorite wooden roller coasters. Um, But it's in its 11th season. Like it's it's still up, which it's great. And I know that with the history of wooden coasters going upside down, you know that was a question that people had. (laughs) Um, And so going with RMC. They understood the vision of what we wanted to do. We did extensive guest research where we determined, and we already knew this in a way, but sometimes you have to look at the data and the research to realize this, that Fire in the Hole is the sacred cow is what we call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was the number one attraction that our guests would be very upset if it ever went away. It was only just above Marvel Cave, <laughs> which if you don't know about Silver Dollar City, we're built atop Marvel Cave. That's a whole story in itself. <laughs> That's why we're there. Um, but you know the cave's not really going to go anywhere you can't move a cave so um, with fire in the hole going away through that research we learned that it needed to be very similar Uh, it wasn't the time to re you know imagine it or something something like that so what we've really done is we've improved the story you're now a part of the story we've fleshed out the story a little more Um, we've basically like i said we brought it into the 21st century and
3: beyond so you kind of touched on this a little bit about you know wanting to preserve what the ride was and and kind of what everyone likes about it um how relatable will it be in comparison to the original and is there any and you all have been a little bit tight-lipped but has there been any um can you talk about any of the cutting edge technology that might be accompanying this ride i think one of the the biggest changes
0: you'll you'll know and and change might not even be the right word to describe what i'm about to say but in the previous ride, you would enter the Kenny Bridge, and the first drop of the ride would be going under this fire that's in the Kinney Bridge. And because the bridge is collapsing, and so the drop would go down there. Uh, now, like that bridge will actually fall. So, that's one of those effects that we're going to employ to where you will feel as though the bridge is falling, it will match the drop itself. Um, we have a, a kind of a, a surprise um, with one of the more iconic elements of the original ride where. After you'd go through the town and the hotel catching on fire, you would encounter a Bald Knobber, and he would have this bucket, and he would tip towards you and say, here's a barrel of laughs, and that was it. And you're like, okay, that's a bucket. I believe in the past there was water in that bucket, maybe. um, But one of our new Bald Knobbers, um, Bugs is his name. We have three Bugs, Wiley, and Patches. Bugs will play an important role in that bucket and there's a little surprise there so those are little things where we've again, we're fleshing out the story more and we're ensuring that the story that you experience you know what's going on i think that's going to be the biggest change if i were a betting man i'm going to say that everyone's going to be happy with this ride i mean at least that's what we hope right but the entire ride itself is going to have onboard audio the entire way through it so you're really getting pushed into more of that dark ride element of this roller coaster even more so you'll know what's going on and you know everyone repeats that line about red flanders losing his pants i think people are going to repeat this whole this whole
3: ride soundtrack now i feel like silver dollar city is a master at it planning and executing these these major projects you kind of look at the lineup and you have you know time traveler you have outlaw run these are all iconic you know attractions that really put the guest experience at the you know at the top of the the priority and you know what are what are some of the highlights that are going to make this coaster stand out
0: I think one of the big highlights is moving the pumper that's currently in Fire Station Number Three, formerly Fireman's Landing. That will be the fire district next year. Moving that pumper over there, like, you know, that's a recreation of an actual pumper vehicle um, that would have been used back in the day to fight a fire. Like, moving those things over, I think, are some of those things where that's going to shine. Ensuring that, you know, what what can we do to really Bring this ride to where it needs to be. That it wasn't before. There's going to be this screen that looks like a window. You'll encounter where the townspeople will thank you for putting the blaze out, and it'll really tie in the fire district, formerly Fireman's Landing. I got to keep saying that so people yeah. know what I'm talking about. But that will now be this cohesive thing of, you know, here's 10 family attraction and adventures that. We're really training you to be a recruit, a volunteer firefighter, and now here's your quote unquote, like the ultimate challenge. You're gonna go to the pumper factory, but now you're on this pumper and you realize you need to put out this fire. And so that's part of it. That's what brings the whole area together. So I think it's not only just the ride, but just the whole district now will feel even more cohesive than it did did before. And I would think, I don't know this for certain, but I, I would think that's a focus we'll do in the future these districts of our park.
3: So that was kind of one of the things, and like you said, you already presented today, at Winterfest, that was one of the things I don't think I really realized is how much more interactive and involved you are with the story, and I think that's gonna, you know, add so much to the, to a ride that was already tons of fun. I don't think that the normal guest knew the story of the original
0: fire in the hole unless A, someone in their family told them, or B, they looked it up online, or C they were an Acer. Like right. that's that's <laughs> pretty much it. Yeah, you, you're piecing to, it
3: together. You definitely have to piece it together, but that was kind of, you know, this will be everybody trial. from from the
0: smallest who can who can meet the height requirement limits to the oldest in the family. Everyone's gonna understand this story.
3: So you've got these super extensive renderings that are They just, they're kind of out of this world, kind of, some of the most detailed renderings, I think, of any of the new uh, theme park projects we have going on in the country. You've got this ginormous building that costs, you know, $30 million with, with all the elements, the ride, everything. You know, this is no small investment. How hard was it for Silver Dollar City to keep this big project under wraps and, What was the thought in putting the ride in the new location there in the fire district?
0: Um, It all goes back, I think, to some of our earlier rides where we don't want to spill the beans, there's obviously you know, some fun and being able to announce it. And of course, the publicity that you get for that. Um, But you look at some of our older rides um, like Time Traveler. um, We filed three different names of potential (laughs) names for the ride. And these were real names that were thought of long, long ago before they knew it'd be a spinning coaster. Mm -hmm. You know, they're like, you know, here's some names that might work and some themes that might work. And so we did that just to play with people because it's fun. And that in itself garners a little bit of attention, too. So um, you're building this building that you know, took longer than the track. You know, once <laughs> people would find that track appeared on site, however they would find it, um, then that becomes a different conversation. But we would just, we would play, you know, in the community, people would ask, what are you building? And our Park president Brad Thomas famous for this line he would say it's the world's largest Dollar General Store <laughs> like that's what he was saying for the longest time so and we're really specific to about like construction fencing like if you ever notice our construction fencing at the park they'll have notches and holes in the woods so that you can look in and you can put your phone there if we didn't want you to do that we would just cover it with a sheet or something like right. we want you to look through and peer through um, we don't want people to drone flying please don't do that that's its <laughs> own thing but um, that's just us having fun and having how much fun can we have? And, you know, there were people, of course, that said, oh, I bet that's the new fire in the hole. And that's the, the fun part is knowing and being like, oh, you'll just have to wait and see. And knowing, until you I say it's know. official, it's not official.
3: Right. When everything was kind of going back and forth online with, with all the enthusiasts and everything, I. I think the the ride was labeled as Big Metal Building on Google Maps. It still
0: is. Is it? (laughs) It still is. Big Metal Building. Yeah, (laughs) I I noticed that the other day. I was going to incorporate that in my presentation, but that's just the fun that people have. You know, that's just what it is. It's a big metal building. Right,
3: right. So I I know the brand new Fire in the Hole hasn't even opened yet but is there anything you can tell us about the original Fire in the Hole, kind of what the fate of that plot of land is gonna be? So that is one of those cases where I can tell you that I don't know.
0: And I actually prefer that because I'm really bad at not telling. <laughs> I, I don't tell, but I, people, yeah. I, I, I can't hold a secret, at least to myself sometimes as well as I should be able to but I don't know what's happening to that I've heard some potentials of what it could be Mm -hmm. I mean of course people are gonna go to Google Maps and they'll go to the satellite and they'll notice paths and where they go and what they would like to do Um, so you know usually we're kind of on the same page with what logically makes sense but You know, even the original ride um, is a massive building. Yeah. Um, I showed some drone photography today of the new Fire and Hole. It's by far the biggest building we'll have now, but even the old one, 1972, like that's a huge cinder block building is what it was. Um, so it's in a good spot of land. I mean the saloons right there um, Powder kegs there opera house, which has our Dickens Christmas Carol, by the way, if you've never seen that you got to see that um, show it's, yes. I, I I will say put my Dalton hat on not Silver Dollar City hat. It's an awesome awesome show um, So, you know the sky's I guess the limit um, So we'll see I don't know it costs money to take these things down that's that's the other part of it too um you know we have the water boggin tower that's been up for a while and it's over engineered it's safe to be up there and so you know if we out? take it down we but instead we get to put this awesome american flag during an old time christmas off the side of it mm-hmm. and we could do i think we light it purple for for pumpkins and also by the way with fire in the hole moving to the other location i didn't answer your question there um, that was again just to make the fire district more cohesive essentially is what that did because that used to be an employee parking lot we lost that parking lot for this building so
3: there are some other things going on in that general area Just in terms of of food and shopping, what can you tell me about those new features that are also coming to that area?
0: So the fire district will essentially move a little more east, so it will now start from basically where Pottery is, if you're familiar with the park, swoop down to our toy shop, and then go straight on into former, formerly Fireman's Landing, Fire in the Hole, all that. So part of that will be a all-new Pretzel Cafe. It's Sadie's Pretzel Cafe. It's named after Red Flanders' wife, Sadie Flanders. Um, so she's making handmade pretzels. We'll have our world-famous pretzel dog there, which if you've never had that, it's a foot-long Nathan's hot dog skewered. Then we put that handmade pretzel around it, salt, cheese, brown mustard, it's insanely good. Um, So that will go there. There'll be a 140-seat dining deck accompanying that. That deck will look out over uh, Fire Spotter, which is uh, our hot air balloon ride in the fire district, and then we'll have Flanders Dry Goods. That will serve as the merchandise store for Fire in the Hole, so it won't be your typical, you come out of the exit of a ride and you're in the quote-unquote gift shop, Um, this will be by pottery it's over by the waterboggen tower uh, you'll be able to go in there and get all sorts of things from red flanders actual pants to um, snow globes baseballs all fire and the hole related things in there uh, and then outside of that um, that's really the expanse of, of the land and, and, and district i should call it lands the wrong term but um, it'll just be a refresh down there there'll be some new signage as well because we've got a lot of signs down there that say fireman's landing so we got to change all those out too
3: i really like the the rebrand that you kind of- showed us the teas that you showed us so it'll be exciting to see that implemented into the park what events do you all have coming to silver dollar city to kick off the spring and summer months will there be any new shows this year and then on top of that y'all have some other attractions in the branson area and do you do you all have anything going on with those as well yeah 2024 you know the the focus is fire in the hole
0: um, it's all about the heroes of today sparking the heroes of tomorrow that's what it's all about um, there will be some Different entertainment, some new entertainment. We have our, our Street Fest, and uh, we're gonna have Christy Sellers this year. She was uh, America's Got Talent runner-up, but she's also in the current All-Stars Fantasy uh, show that they're oh, doing, okay. kind of the, it's, it's kind of like taking all the best and having them recompete. So she's an aerialist. She does some insane things in the air. She's kind of a focus on Street Fest. We have a living garden as well that we're doing. Um, and then we'll jump into Bluegrass and Barbecue. Um, that's actually been rated by the International Bluegrass Music Association as one of the top bluegrass events in the world um, and it's at a theme park which is fun uh, we'll have the house of barbecue accompanying that where we have our famous barbecue for you to try and then once summer gets here um, we've got uh, really uh, an investment that we've put in last year will kind of return these roaming street characters uh, Making you feel as though you really are in the 1880s um, So that's what we're looking forward to the summer, but it's all going back to fire in the hole You're gonna see that everywhere on our souvenir mugs mm-hmm. Everything that you see is gonna be all about fire in the hole because it's an important ride to a lot of people uh, And then of course we have whitewater. That's our 13 acre water park that opens Memorial Day goes through Labor Day It's not like here in San Antonio. They said the water parks open like April 5th or something I was yeah. like whoa. Well, that's pretty cool it stays probably open closed until october or something yeah,
3: it stays open until october yeah.
0: <laughs> we don't have that luxury but whitewater is is on a highway 76 in branson proper it's a tropical themed water park so it's very nice water park we've got some cool unique slides there and some cool places just to hang out and relax and then we also have the showboat branson bell so uh, during the 2018 spring conference uh, we went on the showboat branson bell we also have the golden tickets there so that's a a 600-seat paddle wheeler that mimics the showboats of the 1880s, kind of takes that Silver Dollar City theme and moves it a little bit over to, to the Table Rock Lake itself, which we're right by. Um, you go on the lake, about a two-hour cruise with a show, three-course dinner. It's a great time.
3: Yeah, I did I did the showboat Branson Bell a handful of years ago, and, you know, on top of the food and the show, you have just an amazing view of you know the lake and yeah. everything. So yeah, the hotels, the
0: the dam. Uh, you've got Johnny Morris's beautiful um, top of the rock. Uh, you can
3: just see everything down there. And y'all have been posting a ton of updates, teasers, all kinds of stuff online. Where can people find you on social media?
0: Uh, SDC Attractions, at SDC Attractions is pretty much everywhere you're gonna find us. What I really like about our social media is everything's different. (laughs) We don't take one post and then post it to just all the channels. There's literally a reason to follow us on every single one of those. Mm -hmm. So uh, Instagram and TikTok are my personal favorites, especially our TikTok. Um, But we have Facebook too, we have X. Um, we have LinkedIn now. We're actually doing a little bit more on LinkedIn. Okay. So so check that out, too. That's kind of a new focus for our social team in 2024. But lots of teases, uh, but a lot of memes. A <laughs> lot of memes. I'm not responsible for any of that. People meet me and they always say, oh, I love your social media. And I'm like, thanks, I'll tell them. Like, <laughs> not me. <laughs> lots of memes, lots of discussions about sharks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have also some some, gro- some good um, Uh, groups as well if you're a season pass holder you get access to our season pass group on facebook that's a good group to be a part of too so that's got some more like insider stuff that you'll find and we do some more specific posts for people who we know are really engaged and that's what i love about ace is ace cares about the things that you know i care about working there the things that i notice Um, you know it's not just a a place to play for a day and and that's it you guys you all care about the history of the park um, who we build our rides with the theming all the stuff that i really care about the guest experience, I guess.
3: Well, Dalton, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I know I'm looking forward to the all-new fire in the hole, I know a lot of other people are looking forward to it, and on top of that, Silver Dollar City is just an incredibly well-rounded park with all kinds of things to do.
0: Yeah, it's a very special place, come check us out. There's easy ways to get to us, I was saying it earlier, you can fly into Kansas City, fly into St. Louis, or you can do the drive, um, but make it easy on yourself, come check us out, spend a couple days, and uh, hopefully we'll see you guys for an event soon. We do Coaster Christmas, it's a regional event, every November, but you're all invited to that, so don't think you can come to that. Absolutely,
3: we look forward to it. Yeah.
1: Thank you for that, Bryant and Dalton. And thank you again to Ace President Elizabeth Ringus. We don't want you to miss any election news, events, coaster announcements, or park news. So make sure you're checking the website, RideWithAce.com, but also follow Ace everywhere you consume your social media. Ace is on Facebook, X, Threads, Pinterest, LinkedIn. Make sure you're subscribed to Ace's pages on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Discord. Follow us everywhere to stay on top of all the coaster and park news coming out and to hear what your ace membership has to offer and if you haven't already please subscribe to the podcast and give us five stars if you can rate and review and if you have any questions comments or podcast episode pitches for us please reach out to podcast at aceonline.org thanks for listening hope you get to ride a coaster today
0: Ride With Us is produced by the American Coaster Enthusiasts, a registered 501c3 organization. Visit RideWithAce.com for additional
2: information, and we will see you at the parks.